Thank you for listening. This is Getting to Know You, a podcast connecting the Jewish Federation of the Desert to the Coachella Valley. I'm Alan Pidesh, CEO for the Jewish Federation of the Desert, and I'm joined with my co-host, Jeff Hocker. As a longtime resident of the Valley, I've asked Jeff to introduce me to leaders, programs, and happenings in the Coachella Valley. By introducing me, we believe you might learn something new, and, hap- and I will learn something new about you. So, Jeff, how are you, and what are we going to learn today? Well, we thought for our first podcast it would be really important for the listeners to find out a little bit more about you and I and how we ended up here in the Coachella Valley, you know, as we know, one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Uh, I, I worked in the media in the San Francisco Bay Area, working as a traffic reporter, working in radio, working in TV, and then I decided to go into the high-tech industry because um, that's where the money was. And I worked for a pre-IPO company and we went public and on paper, I was worth millions of dollars. And I thought, I'm going to retire and move to Palm Springs. Well, I didn't work for about four months and I was sitting there reading the newspaper and it said, promote Palm Springs, travel the world. And I thought, that's the job for me. So I went and applied. It was the Palm Springs Bureau of Tourism. And I, for four years, I traveled around the world. You know, we do like these sales and marketing missions to Canada and Europe. And I went to Sydney and traveled all over the United States. And it really got me entrenched into every aspect of the Coachella Valley, working with hotels, working with restaurants, working with a variety of different nonprofits, especially the ones that were tourism based, like the Palm Springs International Film Festival and, you know, working with the people at the tram. And, you know, having done that, it really kind of set the stage for me starting my own business. And it's been great. You know, I represent Jewish Federation of the Desert. And it gives me an ability to do partnerships with different nonprofits and kind of figure out strategy-wise, how can we all work together and benefit each other? That is really good because that's critical to what I want to do as part of the Federation is connect organizations, connect people, and to raise the awareness of the work that needs to be done in our community. And, you know, our mission is to care for the vulnerable, to strengthen community, and to support uh, Jews and Israel around the world. But now that I know that you're a multimillionaire, I'm going to have to ask you for a, for a gift to the campaign. There you uh, go. What's it like being a millionaire on paper that you can't spend any of the money? Well, that stock went, like, up to the peak and then drop to nothing. It was it was $150 a share and then split and then went down to like $3 a share. So that's that's when I decided I needed to work again. But you know, I, I think when you have that kind of experience financially and you, you work for a pre-IPO company, you understand the dynamics of what it takes to go from gangbusters to bust. Um, the company is, of course, still in business, but, you know, it's nonprofits, especially every year, they have to really watch their line items mm-hmm. uh, budgets to make sure that every step of the way they're doing what they need to do to work their programs, to be financially stable so that they can grow if they want to do that. You know, I know um, Jewish Federation of the Desert has, you know, finance a lot of different programs like my Zell's uh, Meals on Wheels and stuff like that. You know, so it's really important that 
connecting the dots to all the organizations out here. That's how I view you in, in this podcast. For me, I moved here in March to take over the role of CEO for the Jewish Federation of the Desert, and I really don't, don't know the area and, or who are the key people. So for me, this podcast is about learning the community, who are the key leaders, and I believe that through this conversation and through your education and leadership, for me, we're going to help other people get acclimated to the valley as well. Now, I have to be honest with you. I'm not quite sure where we are. Um, the Coachella Valley, Palm Springs, Palm Desert, Rancho Mirage, Cathedral City, Indio, Indigo, uh, La Quinta, Riverside, lots of these little communities, but they all view themselves as part of the Coachella Valley. Walk me through, first of all, what are, what are these communities about and what's unique to their culture and identity? Well, I think when I first moved here 21 years ago, there wasn't that much of a differentiation between all the different cities. They really um, marketed it as one Coachella Valley, mainly because there's one airport, there's one convention center. But then slowly over the last 20 years, each city has really grown in their own identities, mostly through special events. Um, bringing in sports teams that can, you know, we've got the Firebirds that are now coming in. So that's going to bring a lot more identity to Palm Desert. Um, you know, and, and as attractions grew, like the Living Desert, that became really symbolic of what Palm Desert wanted to do. So I think, you know, the Valley now has many, you know, there's eight cities of the Coachella Valley, and then there's, you know, outlying areas. But those main eight cities still do extensive marketing outside of the area to bring tourists in from all over the world, and especially the snowbirds from Canada. Right. So I was in a conversation many years ago, and I introduced somebody, and I said, they're snowbirds, and they live in Palm Springs. And this individual corrected me and said, I don't live in Palm Springs. I live in Rancho Mirage. Oh. And I, I said, where's Rancho Mirage? He said, it's <laughs> next to Palm Springs. Yeah. So again, to your point, there are these eight communities. So as a newcomer to this community who's involved in the nonprofit world, I believe it's important for me to learn as much as I can about the people, the culture, and the organizations that exist here. So in your you know, mind, what are the, 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 who are the key people? What are the key organizations that I should be getting to know? And I think one of our goals of this podcast is to bring some of those individuals here into the room and they can tell us about their organization and who they are so I can learn about them and then we can share that with the Coachella Valley. Yeah, to give a prime example, for instance, next year is the 75th anniversary of um, Israel and we're going to be doing a big event. So, you know, for an event like that, we want to bring in, you know, restaurants that maybe have kosher food, you know, bring in some wines of Israel. Um, so, you know, as we start to formulate these different events and bring more visibility to JFED, I think it's really important that those partnerships um, foster and grow from within. You know, we, we really will need people to help us to um, for our events and for our initiatives to come to fruition. Right. I have to make one correction for you. Okay. Uh, there are wines. I don't think there are any kosher restaurants. No? So, here? No, no. So uh, you just kind of uh, 
Maybe just first, kosher first. kosher food on the menus. Like Sherman's has a lot of kosher food. Well, they have food that have a that comes from a kosher style. Oh, okay. They're, they're, so they use the phrase kosher. Although we can get into that in yeah. another podcast. That, that's a great breaking, podcast to go into break, too. Breaking down the identity of and the nuances of kosher food. But I I like where you're headed, at least with the wines and the uniquenesses of food coming to the valley, and especially celebrating Israel's 75th anniversary so so you were head of the omaha nebraska jewish federation what made you want to come to the coachella valley i'm tired of winter um so first of all i had family out in california and i got to a point in my career where i was getting ready to to retire and to move to a warmer climate i'm not sure if you ever lived in in a city that has four seasons but I prefer one season. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> if I never have to shovel snow again, I'll be a happy camper. Um, so that was one you know, reason was to come to be closer to family. Uh, and, and two, I, I wanted to live in a very peaceful, calming, beautiful area. And I, I love it out here, just the, the mountains and the valley and the temperature. It's beautiful. So not that weather was my main criteria. Family was more than my main criteria. And then I learned that this position was open and I inquired about it and they inquired about me and it was a good fit. And as an organization, our primary responsibility is to raise funds and to give those dollars away to organizations that need our support. And as long as they fit into the mission of that we have as caring for the vulnerable, strengthening the community and supporting Jews in Israel around the world. So right now, in addition to all this, we're also raising money to help uh, in families and individuals who are fleeing Ukraine, the war in Ukraine. Yeah, so like 10 on, million refugees, that's a lot. It's a lot. So uh, through our partner organizations, the Jewish Agency and the Jewish Joint Distribution Committee, Jewish Federation of North America, we're sending money to help individuals and families uh, in situations that uh, need our help. Well, in Jewish Federation, the, the local entities across America also rely on JFNA right. to, to do these world initiatives. What do you do to work with them? Well, that's a pretty easy uh, answer. Just call up, call up and go to meetings. <laughs> Everything is a meeting. No, it's, it's, so as an organization, this Jewish Federation has been in existence for over 60 years, and the I wouldn't call it parent, but the national organizations that kind of bring the smaller, uh, not just smaller, bring the communities together. Uh, right now it's called the Jewish Federations of North America. Before it was United Jewish Appeal, Combined Jewish Philanthropies. But there's always been a central organization that kind of helps with some of the challenges and also helps with the distribution of the dollars. So there's a national uh, meeting that takes place called the General Assembly. And you kind of get to be with people. You get to see what some of the current trends are. You learn about challenges and so on. But we pretty much operate independently, but as a partnership with the greater whole. But our work primarily is done for behalf on the behalf of our community, local community. Well, and there are so many different organizations. A couple months ago, you allocated over a million dollars to all of these different organizations that are really on the ground every day helping people right. for housing, for utility bills, for meals. 
you know, I mentioned the Mizell Meals on Wheels. I mean, that is a program that literally saves lives. So by, for, by you supporting that and the organization giving funds, you're helping people every day. Well, that's the goal. That's our goal. Care for the vulnerable, strengthen community. Uh, it's easy to come up with, you know, catchphrases, but it's the raising of the money and the distributing it to those in need. It's important. Um, one of the things that I want to ask you about, Jeff, is you, you talked about your work with the uh, Greater Palm Springs Tourism Board. What was unique when you started 21 years ago that you discovered uh, in your work? And then how has that changed? Well, I think you've known me well enough now since we've been working together. You know, I'm somebody that's always about getting things done. So when I came into the organization, they really didn't have any structure to their initiatives that they were doing. This so is Palm Springs. I was the Palm Springs Bureau of Tourism. So immediately I started LGBTQ initiative. We did... Um, visitors guides specifically for that market. We did a wedding guide to get more people to come, more tourists to come to the area to have their wedding here. You know, because we were all, when you work with an organization like that, it's always about tourism. How, heads in beds, how do you fill the hotel rooms? And um, they call that uh, TOT tax, hotel tax. And, you know, so Back then, we were constantly trying to figure out how we were going to structure the organization and how we were going to work with everybody in the valley, you know, because there is another visitor's authority that covers the whole Coachella Valley. Um, and we wanted to make sure we weren't, you know, treading on each other's grounds, but also uh, supporting each other. Um, now, what we see is there's sort of a melding of all these initiatives together. I, I don't think there's as much targeted marketing as we did back then, because now when people travel, people stay everywhere. You know, um, you know when you when you put together a wedding party, you know you stay in the unique hotels, or you know you can get buy out a bigger hotel, but it's it's pretty much the, the sell and the um, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. The, the sell to the community is really what you're selling is the sun and the beauty. People want to come here because of the weather. Um, in the in the time frame that people like to come here is pretty much November through May because it gets it gets warm. I don't think it gets very hot here. I don't think 120 is very hot. <laughs> I know that well, here's what I tell people. If you like the heat, you're going to love it here. You know, when I was out selling the valley, we never talked about August because August is a hard month. It's hot and humid. Um, but, you know, we're fortunate in that we really don't experience weather. So if you want to have an outdoor event pretty much all year, you're capable of doing that. I'm looking forward to that. I, I like to be outside. I like the warm temperature. And I did enjoy the 122 degree weather because I walk, walked into an air-conditioned office. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we're not good for the environment. So, so Jeff, what I want to accomplish with our ongoing podcast is really getting to know people. So who would you recommend we reach out to 
over the next couple of weeks or months to start inviting them to come in and have them tell us who they are. Do we reach out to elected officials? Do we look out to community leaders? Do we have business people? Who should yeah. we look out? Yeah, I think, you know, work meeting with some of the chamber presidents or CEOs, you know, maybe talking with like the mayor of Ranch Mirage or the mayor of Palm Springs, you know, then talking with some uh, officials that are part of the airport commission. That would be very fascinating to find out what flights are coming in, you know, because Palm Springs Airport wasn't always an international airport. The first international flight was from Canada, and so they could start calling it an international airport. But during the last 20 to 25 years, the airlines that have been coming in here have changed quite considerably. You know, we've now got like Southwest Airline and JetBlue, who are discount airlines that fly to many different destinations. So now Palm Springs is much more accessible than it ever was before. I, w- I will tell you, flying in and out of the Palm Springs Airport is amazing. It reminds me of the old Epley Airfield, which is the Omaha Airport, which is very easy to fly in and out of. Uh, the problem that I've experienced here so far is not many direct flights. So you have to fly someplace to someplace. But, you know, it's a quick thing, and it's easy to go through security. So not doing a sales pitch for the airport, but it's a very easy city to fly in and out of. And I do appreciate that. That's one of the things that I, I look for when I come to a community is how difficult is the airport to yeah. navigate. Well, and I, I, you know, we understand in the world today that security is a big issue. And I think it would be important for us to interview, you know, the sheriff's department, the chief of police for Palm Springs and different cities. Um, Out here in the Coachella Valley, it's a little bit different because the sheriff's department does uh, oversee a wide portion of the Coachella Valley. So again, they, they see things from a lot of different angles. And, you know, I think it's important that we introduce ourselves and, and make sure that they understand what our needs are. So let's kind of think through our first couple of guests that we want to bring in. I'd say the mayors of these three different or four different, you said eight, eight different communities, uh, law enforcement officials, uh, business leaders, chamber of commerces. So let's do that. And hopefully if you're listening, you'll pay attention or pay, uh, stay tuned to our future guests. But I, Jeff, I want to thank you for this introductory podcast. It's great getting to know you, and I think that you've got a handle on this community that I really need to understand about. So thank you for joining me in this adventure. We'll call it a, a pre-non-IPO. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and being a relative new CEO to the organization, they all want to get to know you. I would hope and they so. Want, they want to know your plans and your vision for the future. Thank you again for listening. This is Getting to Know You, a podcast connecting the Jewish Federation of the Desert to the Coachella Valley with my co-host, Jeff Hocker. Jeff, thank you for being with us today. Thank you.